at the end of the day, when it comes to business, you know, we have so many things and you know, there's so many things going on that if you can capture and document the stuff that you repeat over and over again, it just frees you up to, to do the other fun stuff and be creative and all of that. So that's, that's where at the end of the day, the value comes for, you know, me and my team. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Organized Chaos. As always, we're taking a page from a different leader's playbook so you can put it in yours as you build your own. And today, you're going to hear from Lisa Gonzalez. This is almost a little meta because her playbook or her book is called Process, How Discipline and Consistency Will Set You and Your Business Free. Like mine, hers is all about creating a playbook for your business. And so a page from Lisa's playbook is sort of a book about playbooks, like my book about playbooks. So this one's fun. You're going to like this. If you like anything about process and operations, just hearing Lisa's story, how she grew up in an entrepreneurial family, how she became kind of the uh, EOS implementer that she is, how she got involved with the community and wrote this book, co-authored this book, is just a fun story. And we loved talking about it and having this banter around process. So check this out. Uh, Like I said, she's been an EOS implementer. And after applying all of those principles in her companies and intersecting with Gina Wickman and reading Traction, uh, EOS had just made such a profound impact on her business that she wanted to share her expertise and process with other growth-minded companies. So today she's a speaker, she's an author, she's a process fanatic, and she's, like I mentioned, the co-author of this book, Process. So dive in dig in, take some notes, and I hope it helps you better document your processes. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Organized Chaos. I'm your host, Chris Ronzio. And today, I'm really excited to have on a fellow author, Lisa Gonzalez. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. It's wonderful to see you again. Great to see you again. So it's been a little while since we chatted. But of course, we're here to talk about your new book, Process, How Discipline and Consistency Will Set You and Your Business Free. I love that title. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you were wonderful to uh, you know, take, spend some time with me when we were writing the book and kind of share some of your experiences. So I, I'm, I'm glad to reconnect now that the book is, has been written and, in, and is out. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get into the book. We'll spend a lot of time on this. It's new from the Traction Library by EOS Worldwide, and you wrote it with Mike Payton over there. And so there is just tons of wisdom and nuggets in this book. And I want to come back to that. But before we do, let's set the entrepreneurial stage here. I want to hear about your journey and really when you started to realize the benefits of process and documentation. So take us back. Where does it all start? So it starts actually in my childhood. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. I would say I grew up in Southern California. And I'd say my family started probably probably 10 different businesses as I was growing up. And um, so, you know, they had 10 businesses in, in all different industries, whether it was like in product sales or in services. And along the way, um, you know, 10 businesses, four kids, and they had zero process. So as a result, we had a lot, a lot of chaos. Uh, you know, I can... I've shared that I remember kind of the, the tension at the family table sometimes when either products weren't going out on time or files weren't organized or whatever it was, or even cash flow issues, right? And so early on when I was, a, I'd say, a young teen, um, I'd help my family with, you know, working weekends and, and many, many summers just trying to support our businesses and, and contribute how I can, whether, you know, just in, in initially understanding like there's this opportunity here. I, didn't, I don't think I articulated it like that at the time, but 
to, you know, become a little more systemized, whether it was, you know, how we filed or timelines or just making lists of everything. And, and that's where it all started. Do you think you've always been an organized person? Would you classify yourself that way? You know, I think it's a, is it nature, nurture? I don't know. I think so. And, you know, I'm sure there's a, there's an author, Marie Kondo, who wrote the magic art of tidying up or something great like that. Yeah. And yeah. she shares in her book, and I could hear in her book, this is probably 15 years ago, like the background story, like this family kind of energy going on that made her who she was. And so, and she even acknowledged it later that, you know, her diving into you know, other people's processes wasn't really appropriate. <laughs> and so um, I think, yeah, I think it's my nature. Uh, I, I think I try to rein it in now and understand, you know, where it's appropriate and where it's not. And so, uh, but that that's where it started, certainly. And then as I became an adult, I ended up um, going to college. I went to law school and I ended up working with other businesses. I was an employment defense lawyer. I was doing business law. And along the way, someone in my family, I, I got married to an entrepreneur and you would think I would have run from, you know, the entrepreneurial world um, at that point. But instead, I joined a startup that he had with a vision of, you know, is in the residential remodel space with a vision of um, having offices across the country and becoming one of the largest residential remodelers in the country. And so as we did that, we, you know, the organization grew and we, but we grew within fit in fits and starts. We were members of EO and YPO. And we learned some great stuff along the way. And, um, and I knew that, and I, I think along the way, I learned about process and documenting processes. And so for better or for worse, I single-handedly decided uh, I'm going to document all the processes in this company. And I didn't, you know, red flag because I didn't like involve the leadership team. I spent nights and weekends doing it and, you know, eventually presented it to the leadership team. And it was this ridiculous, like over-detailed, unmanageable, like, you know, thick binder full of processes that, you know, much to my surprise, the leadership team didn't you know, put me on their shoulders or name, name a street after me. They, <laughs> Thank just, you. Just felt, yeah. Yeah, they didn't say no hugs, nothing. <laughs> uh, it just, it just fell flat. And so, uh, and even I eventually forgot about it. It ended up just in a dusty notebook behind my desk. And so, which even that, you know, was behind my desk, so not even accessible. So every piece of how I did it was wrong. And, uh, and we continued on our way. And then we ended up opening an office across the country without processes. And it, it, it just hit us so hard financially where, you know, we ended up like losing a million dollars and taking out loans and all of our 401ks and everything. And so then the whole leadership team became invested in maybe there's a better way to become a little more systemized as an organization. And, and I understood the value of getting people involved. And so, um, and around that same time, we got a copy of the book, uh, Traction, which describes how to document your processes. And I went straight to the back and started doing it. And with the help of the leadership team, it made all the difference. So that's that's the journey of, you know, up to recent recent history. Well, I can see how a million dollar uh, mistake there, a million dollar lesson would really ingrain this in your DNA. So that makes <laughs> you would hope work. you would hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's funny that you grew up in an entrepreneurial family around all the chaos because I grew up more in like a corporate family. My dad was in, in business and he was, he traveled a lot. But anytime I got to go to his office, I would see how professional everything felt. And so by contrast, when I started my own business or started seeing other ones, I thought that's the way business has to work. It has to be structured and organized. And, and, uh, and, and so it's, it's so unique. And, you know, 
opposite of that, my wife's father had a business and it was a disaster. You know, it was just like stuff everywhere. And, and, uh, and, and I, I couldn't tolerate that. So I, yeah, that was, I think your wife and I have a lot in common there. That's, that's what it looked like for me. And then also the remodeling business. I've, I've often told people <laughs> that I feel like, a I feel like I'm good at remodeling because I see things and put structure to them and I like to organize chaos. Right. So it's, it's funny that you gravitated toward that as well. So may, maybe there's like a hidden, you know, group of, of us process people that should be just remodelers. I think, uh, absolutely. And I think maybe there's like a DNA test or something we need to do and see what's the common, what's the common chromosome yeah. in us. Absolutely. And yeah, if you come to my house, I try not to be crazy, but, um, you know, I think from the outside or ask my kids, I'll say I'm crazy. Just I try to stay organized. I, I think it helps in mental state for me, but at the end of the day, when it comes to business, um, you know, we have so many things and you know, there's so many things going on that if you can capture, you know, the, and document the stuff that you repeat over and over again, it just frees you up to, to do the other fun stuff and be creative and all of that. So that's, that's where at the end of the day, the value comes for, you know, me and my team. Preach. All right. So <laughs> you joined up with, uh, with, with EOS in a way, and I want to talk about that. Uh, if people are, that are listening, don't know the book traction by Gino Wickman, he's been on the podcast a couple times oh, and great. EOS worldwide is entrepreneurial operating system. Am I getting the acronym right? Absolutely. So you read the book and how did you, how did EOS kind of become part of your world? Absolutely. So one of our, someone in YPO, which is a young professionals organization, and if you're a, a new entrepreneur or a successful entrepreneur and don't know about it, it's really one of the first places I recommend people go that or EO and just look it up online and you can find it, but it's a peer support group and for, sure. for entrepreneurs. And I um, And so we were a member of YPO and the visionary in the company, someone had handed him a copy of Traction and he just turned around and handed it to me. We implemented it <laughs> in the company. Um, I've never, I read a ton of business books and I never devoured a book like I did that book where, you know, book like, you know, post-it notes and earmarked and I mean everything. And so we implemented it in the organization. We ended up opening up other markets in, you know, Illinois and Minnesota. Um, and because of EOS, we were able to scale in an appropriate way where we had leadership teams in all the markets. We had consistent profitability, you know, consistent revenue and just had more fun. And so I was able to transition out. I knew the impact it had made on our own lives. And I loved, um, I wanted to share it with other people. So I went out, became a, I became, I got trained and, and, and became a part of the EOS community as a EOS implementer. And I think it's an amazing community. Same with me. When I read that book, I just, I couldn't put it down. You know, it's it because it's so practical, it's so actionable. And I think that's why it's so recommended and millions of people have read the book. So great book for anyone that's listening. Um, but let's get into your book, which is, you know, one of the the family there. So again, Process is the name of the book. Uh, you wrote the book with Mike Payton, who goes by Payton. We were just talking about him. He's another sought after EOS implementer and runs an EOS podcast. So how did the collaboration between the, the two of you come about? So I'd heard uh, through the grapevine and people, well, I'd heard through the grapevine that EOS was looking for a co-author with Mike Payton. I reached out to Payton, which I call him. So Payton is the former visionary uh, for EOS. And yes, he's an implementer as well. And we're like super awesome friends and colleagues now, of course, through the, over the course of two years of writing a book together. And, uh, and I was selected to join him in writing the book. And we spent, you know, part of COVID, our, a lot of, again, nights and weekends, because we both had 
very busy EOS practices, but uh, um, you know, we knew that we the the driver was that process had not been explained in a way that uh, that had appealed to entrepreneurs and their leadership teams, and so you know, it was very complex. Not complex, but there's other systems where there's Lean and Six Sigma, but process is. Um, we wanted to make it a way that's tangible and accessible and simple for teams that are always growing and moving. And we knew that it had to be different. And so we took the principles that Gino Wickman had laid out in the original book, Traction, and really, uh, really share, and the book shares with companies you know, how to implement it in their own organizations. Okay, so last time we talked, uh, it was around the time I was working on my book. It, mine hadn't come out yet. And we both kind of were approaching this same problem. And I think it's interesting as I read yours, the similarities between the two books on, you know, trying to first debunk the myths and why should you document? Why is this important for the business? So I like how you put it. You said that there's three common myths around process. So can we unpack those a little bit? Absolutely. So uh, before, sometimes for those teams that dive into documenting their processes, there's a step that we identify that needs to happen first, which is just kind of a mental mind shift um, that needs to happen. And so uh, the importance of committing as a leadership team. And so, and often, so the book is written for the visionary. So that for the founders of these organizations, you know, I know that people that are operational, like they, they, when they read this, they just, you know, amen, like, yes, yes, yes. And so it's great, but I'm not, we're not necessarily trying to preach to the choir. We're trying to have entrepreneurs understand that, you know, their, their visceral resistance to process is, um, is not well-placed. And so the three myths that we address, you know, the, the resistance falls on one of these three categories. The first category is this belief that um, me as an entrepreneur, that I am not process-oriented. And it's just not true. Uh, the fact that, you know, when someone starts an organization – they do what works over and over again and they repeat that. That is a process. You know, when a customer smiles because you, you know, package their product a certain way, like you, you decide I'm going to start doing more of that. That's a process. You know, when you find a way to make more money over and over in the, in the right way, like let's say you ship a product a certain way, that's your process. And maybe you didn't write it down, but just, I think that entrepreneurs are so naturally process oriented. They get what works and they get it really quickly. And they just don't realize like that is them creating the processes. It's just when you begin to scale, of course, that you need to find a way to capture it and get what's in your head out so that other people can do the same thing. So um, yeah. that first myth of just I'm not process oriented, it's just not true. And frankly, even humankind is process oriented. As, as we mentioned in the book, you know, when we decided to, um, you know, to recreate fire, we had to find a way to do that, communicate it to other people, like the, the survival of the species depends on us, you know, communicating what is working and what's not working. So as yeah. a, as a people, we're process oriented. Every business already has process. You know, if they're doing Absolutely. what they're doing, if they're serving customers, they have process. Process already exists. Maybe they haven't captured it, like you said, but process exists in all of us every day. Exactly. 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 So that's, that's the first myth. Um, the second myth is uh, the, the concern that process just takes too much time that, you know, we're too busy, our business is moving too quickly, it just takes too much time to do to document. And, you know, my, uh, the story I shared with you, if you're, well, first of all, I think people underestimate the amount of time that lack of process is, is costing them. You know, the, the, when you are having to you know, rebuild, re, 
rebuild a product because it wasn't done the the right way the first time or, you know, rehire and hire for the same position because someone didn't get adequate training. And so they keep leaving or managers are leaving because they don't feel like being effective. The lack of process is what's costing you time. And the approach, and I think you and I want to talk about this a little more in a little more detail, but rather than the approach that I took when I made the binder full of, you know, super detailed processes, that was like, you know, a five inch thick notebook. When you're trying to document 100% of your processes, you know, following 100% of the steps to get you and trying to get 100% compliance, and we call that the, you know, 100, 100, 100 approach, that does take too much time. But our approach that we map out in the book is, you know, a, a 2080 approach capturing 20% of the steps that'll get you 80% of the way there. High level, you know, checklists and flowcharts and screenshots that capture how it's done in an entrepreneurial company. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's this catch 22 about the idea that oh, it takes so much time to build process. I don't have the time. It's not the urgent thing in my company because of course that's the thing that really sets us free, right? If you can document a process, even a basic one, like you mentioned, high level process, you are giving someone else the the key is the autonomy to be able to do that thing so that you now have more time to focus on other parts of the business. And people, I think, may in the moment think this takes too much time. But if you zoom out and realize how much time you're spending repeating yourself or retraining people over exactly. and over, that's what you have to add up for the equation. Exactly, exactly. And then the third myth that you know, some of the concerns um, – reflect is this concern that process is going to destroy your freedom, your freedom as an organization. And again, just exactly as you mentioned, you know, what's killing your freedom is having to train and retrain the same employees or different employees in the same role or answer the same questions over and over again. That's what's killing your freedom. You know, being called out when you're at home on the weekend to go help put out a fire at the office. Like that's the stuff that like crushes your soul as an entrepreneur and kills your passion. And that's frankly why we wrote this book because you didn't start a business or you know, to, to live a life like that. You started a business to be free. And we want, first of all, so that you can capture processes, the repeatable stuff, and document it so that you don't have to be addressing that over and over again. And that you can have the freedom also just then, if that's captured, you have the freedom then to innovate and think about what's the next step for this organization, or the next stage, or what, is, what, is, what does my organization look like, or what does my exit look like, whatever that, whatever that approach is. That's what process. So that's why we say, you know, how discipline and consistency can set you and your business free, because that's at the core why I'm so passionate about about process. So you mentioned the word innovation there. I was going to ask you, do you think process inhibits innovation in any way? Because a lot of people think if I've got to stick to the process, I can't innovate. So what do you say to that? So when we talk about process, and, and I hope people hear this, we're talking about documenting the repeat of the stuff you re- repeat over and over again. Uh, that le- that will free your brain to then innovate, create, think about, you know, and there's a great example. Um, Atul Gawande wrote this amazing book. I'm sure he knows. Um, Checklist, Checklist Manifesto. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the book that like years ago even started me off on like documenting as well. Yeah. Um, and talks about the fact you know, these are high stake decisions that people are making in surgery, but in surgeries, people have checklists, right? And because they do, then of course the physicians and the nurses can then have the freedom to, you know, make the decisions that they're risking, you know, that their careers, the high stake decisions that their careers depend upon because they don't have to think about the little details that are still super important because, you know, if you don't wash hands 
and someone gets an infection, like very small thing, but a very huge thing that's in a checklist because it's so impactful on outcomes. So, um, to, so I hope I answered your question. Like if, if you have your processes documented, then it just frees your brain to, you know, to, to really create where, where it's, where it's needed. Yeah. And I think where, where I would add on to that is once you download the processes from your brain to free up that capacity and somebody else is running with that process, that doesn't mean they can't improve the process. Exactly. You know, we always want our people to be improving. And so I think that that's just part of building a culture that has innovation baked into the DNA. If everybody's constantly wanting to improve the process, improve it, experiment, test, and then rewrite. And then sh- say, here's the new best practice. This is a new way we do it. You, you made me think of a couple of things. One is, you know, something as simple as, you know, an HR process. Uh, we had a, a client, we had a person we interviewed for the book, a company we interviewed, and they talked about the fact that, you know, they had their HR processes documented to the extent that then when a new employee was able to join, because all of the stuff that everyone needs, you know, whether it's filling out forms and, you know, all the, all the onboarding stuff was captured then as an organization, they were able to innovate in, you know, making sure people's business cards were on time or uniforms had their, excuse me, their name on it, or, you know, even, you know, decorating their workspace with balloons and, you know, sending a card to the, to the home of the new employee saying, you know, welcome, you know, thanks for sharing this person with our, our team. Welcome to the family. That's the kind of, you know, amazing experiences you create can create when you have documented processes, because all the stuff that happens over and over again is captured. And now you can innovate in ways that really create an exceptional culture for your organization. Yeah, well said. So you mentioned the the 2080 approach, and that applies specifically to the level of detail that you're documenting, right, in a process. But when it comes to how much of my company should be documented, is there a guideline that you have for people? You know, you said at the beginning when you made those dusty binders or whatever, you kind of went too far, right? So what's the right amount? Right. So we're looking at, um, you know, we, so the book talks about, and, and you meant, well, I'll come back to that a bit. You spoke about the, everyone innovating and updating. And I want to come back to that and just park it. We'll come back to that in a minute. But um, the book talks about, um, you know, there's three steps for documenting your processes. You know, we teach our teams how to identify your core processes. There are a lot of processes in your organization, but we're going to start with identifying, you know, five to 12 core processes in the organization. And as a leadership team, we explain how you, decide on those, how you work together and identify those core processes. Then the second step is documenting and simplifying. So once you've identified that list, you use that list as a table of contents and you prioritize which, which process should we tackle first. And we really encourage our teams to just pick a handful or pick one, like just, just get started, but don't try to do all 12 at once because then you'll get none done. So pick a handful, prioritize and, um, and document yes, using the 2080 rule. So, you don't have to necessarily like break out a calculator, but just the concept is, you know, what are the major steps, 20% of the major steps that'll get you 80% of the way there because they exist. You know, you should end up with, you know, one, two or three pages of a document, um, doc of a process documented, not you know, 20, 25, 30 pages. And particularly in an entrepreneurial company, you move and change so fast. And to your point, Chris, like things change. That's why having a high-level documentation is so useful because when you do update it, you update it, and you, then you can go on to train people, as we'll talk about later. So that's why you know, a 2080 approach, bullet points, checklists, you and the leadership team 
decide what that looks like. And then, um, then the third step of, of this first piece of it is packaging. Now you have to package it so people can both find it and that it, and so the end user can, um, use it, like package it for the person that's going to be using it. So as a leadership team, you may have documented it in a word document or with bullet points, but the person that's going to use it, you know, what would be the best format? Would it be screenshots if you're teaching them software or, you know, would it be flow charts or would it be photos? I mean, you or video, I mean, there's obviously so many options or, or, or text. So that's why all of, and often I hear teams complain like this isn't happening or that. And that because all of those pieces are important to identify, document and simplify and package in order to have your processes documented correctly. So the, the five to 12 core processes, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm curious in all the companies you've worked with, are there some that just keep popping up? Are there like low hanging fruit processes? What would those be? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Think about processes that every organization has. And this is not meant to be like, this is what you need to do, but this is just to get the juices flowing, right? So every organization has a process for an HR process or a people process or talent, whatever you call it, there's a process around how you bring people into the organization. Every organization has a marketing process, and, um, you know, how you generate demand. Every organization has a sales process, you know, how you convert that demand into, you know, revenue or how you convert that demand into sales. And then every pro every organization has, um, you know, one or two operations processes. And that's, you know, when you build the product or deliver the service and then maybe there's other processes in operations. Every, most every organization has a finance process. Like there's maybe a customer service. There's a, I can go, go off the top of my head. Like that's, those are a few, but you know, those are some core processes for an organization. And that's a great place to start. And core really is the right word because when you start to think about those big departments, like how do we bring customers in? You know, how do we, how do we do marketing? There's a start to finish core process there, or how do we deliver our product or service is a very core process there. And so what I'm curious from you is where does that bridge into really detailed training of like the specifics on how to do uh, a, a process start to finish. So I'll, I'll use the people one as an example. If you've got a hiring process start to finish and you map out the bullets or the flow chart and you've got, you know, posting a job and, and doing it, you know, an interview and here's a few steps of the interview and you send the offer letter and you add them to our system. Um, when you hire that person, let's say that they're a, um, a recruiter, an in-house recruiter, how do you use that process to inform your training or, how, or, or where, where do you go next? In EOS, we help organizations strengthen six key components of their business. And it's like there's vision, people, data, and issues component, traction component, and, and the process component. And so the process component, each of those components has two tools. And whether or not you're a company running on EOS, there's two tools to strengthen each of those components. And so when it comes to process, the first tool is documenting and simplifying, which I just went through the three steps of identify, document and simplify and package. The second tool is getting those processes followed by all. So, and that's what you're speaking to. Um, and that, that tool has four steps to it. So the first step is training. So in order to, you know, it's, it's all well and good. And it's, you know, it still takes work to document your processes, but it's really of no value unless you're going to get it into the hands of your people. And so, um, so the first step is training. So, the people that would be trained on the process you're talking about, the people process or HR process, would be the people involved in onboarding or, or, or hiring people. So 
Um, anyone that touches that process is the person that should be trained. So not everyone gets trained on a process that doesn't, that is not something they're going to be using. Right. Um, so we first, we, and you can train people in any manner you choose. It can be, you know, on the job training, it could be during a weekly meeting, um, a special meeting designed for the training, whatever that looks like, but you would train the people who, who touch the process. I, I, I sometimes like to include or are impacted by the process and maybe the, the process, the training looks different, but we had an example of a company who had a finance process, but everyone had involvement in like approving invoices and, uh, you know, every, every piece of, of the finance process. And so everyone needed to understand what they were being asked to do by finance and why, so they could hit, help finance hit deadlines so that the organization could, you know, hit its, its, you know, financial reporting deadlines and all of that. So, um, so, but at the end of the day, make sure you, you train those who are using the process. The yeah. second step of making sure you get your processes followed by all is to, to measure people. So add measurements to make sure that you're getting the results you want. At the end of the day, the reason you have processes documented is to get the results that you want and get consistency in them. And so, um, so we go into detail on how you can measure. It's not complicated, but we want to measure and make sure that we are seeing, are we getting the results with this process? And, and if we are awesome, if we're not, you know, what, it takes us to the next step, which is the importance of managing people. So um, we as leaders have to step in the role of, you know, if someone's not hitting, whether they're the, getting the results we need or getting the results we want, we have to manage them to it and identify, you know, are there consequences for not hitting these, getting these outcomes? Is, is there more training that's needed? What do we do to help support a person in and help or support the organization in getting the results that we need? So then the final step of, helping getting your helping to get your uh, processes followed by all is just the importance of updating, which is circling back to what you were talking about earlier, which is, which is de- absolutely correct. Processes change. And so we want to make sure that we have a person identified as an owner for each process. And is there hearing the need for maybe streamlining a process or there's new technology available to improve a process? We want to make sure that we're then updating the process. And we go back around of redocument, then retrain, you know, re-update measurements and all that. So it's just this continuous feedback loop that ensures that you as an organization stay competitive and, um, and that you're doing things in the most effective, efficient way possible. Yeah. Well, the frameworks are in the book. And just to, to reiterate this, so you, the three steps at the beginning are first you identify your core processes, then you document and simplify them, and then you package them together. And then to make sure that they're followed by all, you're training people, uh, whether it's uh, shadowing or in person or whatever it is, you're measuring to make sure you get the results you want, managing our people, and then keeping the processes updated so they don't turn into that dusty binder. So I, I exactly. love how you covered these. And I think that those are great frameworks. So in the book, you mentioned a handful of tools, and I, I was very proud to have Trainual appear in the book a few times. Uh, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, a lot of businesses, when they start doing this work, they could just use pencil and paper. They could just start mapping out these bullet points. When does it make sense to invest in some kind of software tool? Is there a certain size of company or, or when do you think it makes sense? You know, I don't. I don't know if I know the answer as well as you do, Chris, but I do know that, you know, there's times it, there's really, there's organizations that can use, you know, Google drive or, you know, Vimeo or there be, there comes a point when you want your processes accessible for all. And so there are tools like yours that make them more accessible for the teams. And, um, and, you know, you have, you have a beautiful product and that's awesome. I think at the end of the day, um, 
it's just super important for for people to understand that and i'm sure you encounter this yourself that we can have awesome tools for our teams but we still have to manage people to these processes right and i, and I think even in speaking with you we still have to document the processes your you know training is not going to be able to do that for you we still have to hold people accountable for getting the results because you i'm sure i'm sure you've seen this where you have a great software and um and we have to step in as leaders and make sure that they're they're getting they're using it to its utmost um utmost potential is that helpful yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the software will just continue to advance. And, you know, we we even have some things that start to record what you're doing in the browser. And and someday we will be able to document for you. Uh, but until that happens, awesome. it really requires everyone's buy-in. And yes. it requires the organization to be open about why we're doing this. Why is this important in the business? Why do we value this? And I think it's important for every person's growth to understand that, you know, they're not just the one being trained but it's also their responsibility to document what they're learning and what they're creating as they grow in the business. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. So the name of the podcast, of course, Organize Chaos. I'm curious, when you think about organizing chaos in business and in life, uh, what comes to mind for you? I think some of the stories we were talking about earlier, um, but the flip side of it too. I mean, you know, the the beauty of being an entrepreneur is it's, it's an ever shift. The sands are ever shifting. Right. And, and I think the more we can give our leaders the tools so that they can go back and realize why they started an organization, um, that why they started whatever organization they started, um, to really get like, enjoy, enjoy the, the fruits of their labors. And so I love the name of your podcast and I love you know the, how process contributes to that because, you know, people start out the, you know, they, they launch their vision with great, you know, great hopes. And, and along the way, because they get keep getting pulled back into the details that some of that energy dies and having great processes in place, obviously great people in place to, to, to follow them. My hope is that once they use these really simple tools, they can realize their dream and, and, the, and the vision they had for the organization when they, when they started it. Awesome. I love that. Well, Lisa, where can people find the book? If they want to get process, how discipline and consistency will set you and your business free. Where can they find the book? Where can they connect with you? Um, so the book is available everywhere where books are sold, like Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, it is, it is sold in a ridiculous amount, like blew my mind. They're already on the second and third run of printing. So, um, because it's just something that people need so much. And, and obviously people like you, Chris, just supporting us and, and, and getting the word out. Um, I can be found on, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I'm an EOS implementer and I also run process workshops for, for companies running on EOS uh, and just kind of a kind of an all day offsite where we have them help them document at least one full process and a, and a map to, to do the rest. And so it's just a ton of fun right now. And I'm, I'm really excited to be, to be on this journey with everyone. Awesome. Well, Lisa Gonzalez, thank you so much for being here. Of course, we both have this affinity and love for process. And it was fun to talk about your book. So congrats on the launch. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Absolutely. I think I see you next week. So uh, thanks again for having me. You're, you're the best. Hey, thanks for listening to Organized Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could benefit from this information. For episode show notes, podcast recaps, and tons of other small business news and inspiration, check out the manual. That's trainual.com backslash manual.